Those little people are the ones that keep you jumping, keep you hopping. Pastor Bill, like Pastor Pam was sharing earlier about uh, Lori, and she, he said, boy, I tell you what, they got a lot going on over there, and, you know, there's a lot happening. And so uh, he always looks just a little bit, not sure what's going on. And uh, Pastor Pam's over there doing all kinds of stuff. And then Lori has four kids. Her oldest one's 13. Her youngest one was eight. And uh, then she popped out a new one. And uh, so that's, uh, how many of you know, that's interesting. And uh, see, little ones, man, they, they, get, they get used to stuff. And so she spent the whole summer, this little one, and she's a cute one. I mean, Lori's got cute kids, but this one even came out cuter. So I don't know how that happens. But this little one, she, she demanded all the attention for like two months during the summertime. You know, nobody, the kids are off. She doesn't work. She's a teacher. And so it's like 24 hours a day. This kid had attention. Well, then when school happened, she's old enough to realize, I, I don't get so much attention anymore. So she's constantly pulling books down from people and going, ah, you know, play with me. Look at me. So Pop took him to the, uh, took him to the doctor today, and he found out that, man, there's a lot going on. And that's the reason. He said, I just pretended I didn't know any of them. That's what he said. Hey, I just, uh, I don't know those people. Well, they said, then you're in trouble because then you're some old guy and you're at the pediatrics office. You ain't got no kids. That's a problem, too. So you got to pick your poison, man. Pick up a kid. You don't want to go the other direction. It's not your place. Right. That's another issue. But you can't mess with kids. This little girl was talking to a teacher about whales. And uh, this, this is just a note that somebody had sent me. It said, the teacher said it was physically impossible for a whale to swallow an entire human being. That no matter what you heard, the whale's throat is actually too small. Though they're huge animals, mammals, as they're huge mammals, their throat is too small to swallow a human being. And the little girl raised her hand and said, you know, uh, what, what about Jonah in the Bible? And he was swallowed by a whale. And she said, I'm sorry, but I just want to tell you that's, that's just physically impossible. And then the little girl was a little bit, you know, she was a little pushy and, and wanted to know, you know, why do you say that and all this kind of stuff. And the, and the, and the lady said, you know, uh, well, well uh, it, it, when you get to heaven, you know, you can, the little girl said, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask, I'm going to find out. And she said, well, well, well that, that's fine, you know, but, but, but what if Jonah isn't in heaven and what, what if Jonah's in hell? And she said, well, then you ask him. <laughs> you got to watch the little kids, man. They are, uh, woo. Then she was homeschooled and it was all taken care of. So, you know, things change. Got to watch kids. <laughs> Yikes. I can see Jack saying that to somebody. You know, my little nephew Jack, he's, he's, he's his own guy. Uh, you know, and, I, and tonight, you know, we're going to share a little bit. And it goes along with some of the things that we've already talked about tonight. So, I mean, that just, God is good and he knows where we are. And, and over the last couple of weeks, we've shared a little bit. About no treadmill living was a couple weeks ago. And just for those of you who might not have been here, you can pick it up online, you know, at victorylafayette.org. You can go there and get the message. We have the CDs back in the back. If you're new, you haven't been around or whatever, didn't hear those messages, go get them. Pastor Pam's are back there on construction. That She did a Sunday series. It's, it's fantastic. So uh, you can hook it up, get whatever you need to get. But, you know, we talked about no treadmill living and not being in the same place. But in the end, it was about our availability over our ability. And that God just wants, us, wants to know that, hey, man, we'll say, I, I, I'm available, and I'll do whatever you want. And if you don't make yourself available to God, you end up like the baby Huey. You end up like the 15-year-old kid in third grade because you never wanted to leave where you were. And with God, you know, the, the, direction that he, the thing that he has for you is always directional. It's intentional, and it goes a certain place. And if you refuse to go to that certain place, then you remain where you are. 
And if, and if you don't go to fourth grade, you're still in third grade. If you don't go to fifth grade, then you're still in third grade. And, and if you never get out of third grade, then you're driving your friends to school in third grade. And that's not really where you want to be. But people in the church are, are like that all the time. If we'll be honest with ourselves and look in the mirror, there are a lot of things that God's asked us to do that we've just said, you know what, I like it better here. Well, it's not everything that you wanted, but it's okay. It's safe. I like it here. I mean, little, you don't want to go to the next grade. The kids are always afraid. They always tell the teacher on the way out of the door, I don't want to go. I want to stay here with you because I love you and I know what's going on. See, well, I'm comfortable here. And it's unknown in fourth grade. And I've heard some horrible stories about those people in fourth grade. You know, and the teacher says, hey, 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 it's just three doors down the hall, you know. I mean, you're not going to Botswana. I mean, it's just it's like right there. So just go to fourth grade. But, but as believers, sometimes, we, you know, we're 15-year-old we're third graders, you know, running around. We just have to be careful that we continue to go that we continue to move in a direction. And then last week we talked about, you know, a, a little bit about believing. That if we don't really truly believe, we're in trouble. You know, and the Bible says a lot of great things about us, but we have to believe what the Bible says about us. That you have to be the person that believes that. I mean, you have to be the person that, that beyond a shadow of a doubt, you know that this is true for you. Not for your neighbor, not for your friend, not for somebody else. The Bible's full of people who let God make the difference in their life. So tonight, it's not necessarily just about believing, but it's about what do I believe? That God can make a difference. And I haven't, you know, this isn't a series that I got four or five in a row or whatever. It's just like this was just the next thing that, that God put in my heart as we continued to go down this path. So I'm just as excited to get to it because I didn't know it was coming. So I was, you know, excited today as I was reading through these things. But God repeatedly used people... That, that weren't able, weren't capable. You've heard, of, you know, you know all the stories. You've read through the word. You know all, none of those people were like completely equipped and God just said, hey, could you help me out a little bit? I mean, I know you're doing fantastic and you're running the show and you're doing everything, but, you know, I just need a little help. Could you come, you know, help me out a bit? He went to people and they said, huh? It's me? I mean, it's always stories. If you go back in the word of God in the New Testament, it was always a lady whose kid was sick or somebody was died or somebody was blind or somebody was dead. Somebody was caught in the midst of adultery. It was always something that somebody could not get their way out of. See, they couldn't make their way in those positions. They want to go in a direction. See, the rich young ruler said he wanted to go in a direction. The guy who was the, the good Samaritan in that story said, what do I need to do to, to attain eternal life? They wanted to go in the direction. All the things that we've been, we've been talking about. So they had to believe in him. Not in themselves, but they had to believe in him. And that the thing that, they, that he told them, they had to believe it. And they had to know that he was the one that was going to make the way. That he was going to be the one that made the difference in their life. All they had to do was what? Be available. I'll, I'll do what you want me to do. And Pam, Evie, you gave away some things years ago. And I don't even remember how long ago it was. But I've never, how many of you got those things that somebody gave you? A scripture, somebody told you, or a, an acronym. This one was FROG fully rely on God. I mean, I like never forgot that. I can't remember half the time my address or phone number, but I never forget frog for some reason. Fully rely on God because it's him who helps us. It's him who makes the way. And you have to believe in his power and his authority and his ability over you. And if you can do that, if you see what it does is it, like we talked about before, he, he's the one who signed the contract, right? We talked about that a couple weeks ago. He's the one who, who paid the price. He's the one who made the way. So he's the one that has to perform the deal. You just have to be available to God. And if you'll make yourself available, then he'll fulfill that part. And, and if you understand that relationship that you have, if you understand the fact that, you know what, if I'll just believe it, if I'll just act in faith, if I'll just step out, he's the one that's got to come through. Many times, believers know what God said. They want to believe what God said. They said, oh, you know, I think this is what he said. But then when it says go, they're like, I can't do it. 
Well, you couldn't do anything that he's done for you so far. Was there anybody in here that could do the things that God asked them to do? No. So why do you, why is it at that moment we think we're better than all of these people who were in the word of God? Why is it that we think then that we're better than, than our pastors or anybody else that came before us in the faith? Because now all of a sudden, I'm going to have to be the one that figures out the way to get it done. God didn't ask me to do that. He just said, are you available? Let me make the difference. So I'm going to believe. Believe, you know, we talked about it. It's, it's an action. It's a trust that produces obedience in your life. And so you, it means you're going to follow him. What do I follow? I follow after his word. I follow after what he told me. In Mark in chapter 9, and we can, you know, you know this story as, as well as I do. And Jesus came on the scene, and it was about the, the gentleman who had the son who was possessed. The, devil, the, the disciples were trying to help. But it says in verse 20, they brought the boy to him and, and to Jesus. And when, when, when he saw Jesus, immediately the spirit convulsed him. And he fell on the ground, and he, and he wallowed, foaming at the mouth. And he asked the father, how long has this been happening to this young man? And the, and the gentleman said, from childhood. And then he tells him what happens and all these things. And then he says in verse 22, and we've taught this many times, but if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Not just believe that it can be done, but believe it's going to be me who makes the difference. We used the story, you know, a couple weeks ago or last week or whatever that was in John in chapter 5 at, at the gate, you know, where, where, the, where the water was and it stirred and the man was lame. And in the land said, I just don't have anybody that can, I don't have anybody that can roll. Every time I get close, somebody else jumps in the water and gets healed. I don't have anybody that can carry me down there first. I can't beat anybody to this water. And so I just have to sit here and be lame forever. Well, that's not the truth. The truth is Jesus showed up on the scene. Now, in the natural where he was, that was, that was what happened. But when Jesus came on the scene, that changed the situation. And Jesus made the difference in the man's life. He didn't pick him up and go put him in the water. He immediately touched him, and the man was made whole. He didn't do it the way that everybody else had. He did it. See, Jesus made the difference in the guy's life. It wasn't just the angel in the water. Jesus didn't have somebody come by, pick him up, and take him to the water. Jesus came and made the difference in the young man's life. You want to be healed? Oh, yeah. Come on, you're healed. And Jesus does that in our life in whatever particular situation, maybe particular instance that we find him in, ourselves in, if, 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 we, we believe and we'll allow him to do that. And sometimes I think we overshadow, we overshadow all that with the reasons why it won't work. And, and, and we begin to rehearse the things that, like Lori said, the things that I've done, the places that I've been, and I've gone too far this time, and I've, I've made this one last mistake, and I turned away too many times. And see, we've got all these reasons why he can't make the difference. And all he wants you to do is believe that he can make the difference. And then allow him to do that. I mean, there are steps in allowing him to do that. I mean, it's not just like, okay, you know, get out of the way. Well, getting out of the way requires you to do a few things. I mean, you have to be led by the Spirit. You have to know the Word of God. You have to know the leading of the Lord. I mean, there's a process there. But he will, like, he'll make a difference. He said, if you can believe, all things are possible. This is immediately the father of the child cried out with tears and said, Lord, I believe. Help me in my unbelief. I believe. I believe. I believe that you are the person who right now in this particular situation can make a difference in my son's life. I believe it. See, do you believe in the situation that you are today, that you find yourself in, that, that he is the one that will make the difference? That he's the one that will make the difference in your finances, your health, your job situation, your relationships, your, your, whatever it is with your children and with your friends. Or He'll make the difference in, 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 that, in, that, in your vision. He'll make a difference in, in your marriage. He'll make a difference in... I mean, can you believe that he'll make a difference in your schooling? Can you, make, can you believe that he'll make a difference in your life? 
that, that what you feel in your heart, you know, as I talked to these young people last night, hey, hey, the things that you told me, like last week I said, who, what do you want to be when you grow up? And they all said, I want to be this, I want to be that. Oh, I was amazed. I thought it was the silliest question ever, and I didn't really have an agenda. We just sat down and had some coffee and said, I, but I asked them, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? And then they began to, you know, they began to tell me. Now, the difference is, once you say that, once you know that's what God has for you, then you have to go from that point to a fulfillment. And there's a lot of character building along the way. There's a lot of faith building along the way. And so that's what we're talking about, you know, when Tuesday nights is now that character building and that faith building and that trading the character and the things that are on the inside of us for fulfillment, for achievement. That's what keeps people out of bed with each other. That's what keeps people going in the right direction. That's what keeps people from, from going out and doing stupid stuff and they know that's not right. And it hits home because then you think back, oh my gosh, in the last month, how much have I given away that I knew was right? See, how much have we as believers in our life, see, how much do we compromise and how much do we give up for fulfillment instead? I mean, what websites or what movies or what things do we listen to or what things do we say or what things do we tend to, to speak about and believe and rehearse that aren't true? And what we do is we trade the end, we trade the end result. We trade the, the dream that God's given us for some short achievement or some, some short fulfillment along the way. But God says, if you'll believe, if you'll allow me to make the difference in your life, see, then all of a sudden that stuff goes away. And now I'm ruled by my heart and not my head. I'm ruled by my heart and not my flesh. And so now I can say, I believe, I believe that you are the one who's going to make a difference in my life. And then in this particular story, it says, then Jesus said to deaf, dumb, and spirit, I command you to come out of him and enter him no more. The spirit cried out, you know, did all those kind of things, but, but it happened. God made the difference. And there are three types of people, and these are Pastor Bill's, you know, three types of people. Everything, it's got to be hard to come in and listen to all these words because everything that I preach, basically, it's kind of like what he said. So I'm just regurgitating it in a new form. So if you've been here for a while, you've heard all this, I know, but it was from him the first time, so it's from me this time. So, you know, <laughs> whatever, I got more hair, so it's just a, just a different story. <laughs> I got to stop saying that because there come a day I might. I might uh, no, I'm good. I, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. Watch my words. You're right. You're right. I watch my words. Full head of hair, Lord. Get a little oil and put that here and here. Because it seems to be getting a little... Sorry, Lord. There's three types of people. And the first type of, of, of person is the kind that we all strive to be. Really, truly, in our life, it's the person that we want to be. Your spirit, man, is alive unto Christ. And this is who you want to be. You want to be the person that allows God to make the difference in all areas of your life. But every day when you wake up, that's what you want. I mean, we make mistakes, we miss it, you know, but, but our heart is to follow after his word, to follow after him and say, okay, you know, my, you know what, yesterday I messed up, man, but today's the day I'm not gonna. And you know what, today was a great day, I did what God wanted me to do, I followed his path, I followed his plan, I allowed him to be God of my life, I didn't go out of my way, I, you know, I let him open that door instead of me pounding the door. The message, you know, the title really is, is, is he will make the difference. I wanted to say God, the doorman to your destiny, but Corey, Corey told me that was probably just a little over the edge. So I decided, okay, well, we'll change that. But he's the one, see, not like he's the doorman that doesn't mean anything. Not the doorman that's just sitting around, you know. But he's the guy that does what? He's the guy that opens the door for you. So then you walk through where? Into your destiny. So I told him, well, I'll just save that for a better day, better time. Titles be mine forever. I'll go ahead and copyright that or something, and we'll be all right. Probably want to copyright that because people get that wrong, and then I never, you know, I never get to say anything to anybody ever again. I'll be looking for a new job. But it says this thing: if you would do this, it, it leads to rest in your life. 
You know, Pastor Bill's always taught this, that, that there is rest in the life that you live. Not that it means like rest, like you go sit down and you never have to do anything. It means rest that says, I can live my life at peace. Because it's him who has to take care of it and not me. See, that's a whole different, man, it's a whole different mindset. Now, you got things to do and you got responsibilities and you've got your agenda and you've got things you have to do today. You've got work and then you have things you have to take care of. You have kids and you have to get them here, here, and here. But that doesn't mean there can't be peace in the midst of the things that you're doing because you're allowing God to be the one that makes the difference. You're not having to worry about how this is going to get paid. You don't have to worry about how you're going to get your kids this, this, this shoe or how you're going to get this thing taken care of in your life or where the food's going to come from in your life. You can rest knowing that he's... See, it's his job anyway. You're the believer, so you believe. He's the provider, so he provides. And so if you believe that he provides, he'll provide for you. And he'll be the one that makes the difference. So you have to be that kind of person in your life. And I'm not saying that you get it all right, and if you're not perfect, then you've missed this. But your attitude in your heart is, man, I'm going to walk in rest. I'm going to walk in peace. I'm going to allow God to be that kind of force in my life. That's great. I mean, I, I love to do things when someone else is, is holding the responsibility. I love to do things when somebody else is the person backing me. Right? Jesse Duplantis tells that story. We were over at Ron and Connie's one time. We were watching Jesse Duplantis' videos, and, and uh, he was telling a story about a time when he and his brother, apparently they weren't necessarily the nicest kids in the neighborhood, and uh, some kid had, had rolled him around a little bit and, uh, you know, had gotten one of the brothers and, and kind of beat him up a little, and so they found this kid, and they were going to let him have it you know, because this kid deserved it. And so the kid wandered through their house, their neighborhood or whatever. And so, so they were like, you know, getting ready to pound on this kid and do their thing. And then all of a sudden, like the dad came out from around the corner. And he was like, then he said, you know, that, that, that became disturbing. You know, at that moment, it was, it was us little guys taking this kid and then dad showed up. And so he said, they started getting a little coward. And sometimes when the enemy shows up on the scene and you're trying to take care of something, and I'm not saying you're going to go beat somebody up, but I mean, you're trying to take care of business and the enemy shows up and he seems bigger and badder than who you are. That's not the truth. But he makes it seem like, see, he comes as a roaring lion. So it seems like that's the case. And then all of a sudden you're in that place. And he said, I was getting a little scared. I was getting a little nervous. And then I see, he said, I heard the window fly open behind me. And I heard, and I looked back, and my mom was standing in the window with a shotgun. And he said, I got bold at that point. Then dad wasn't a problem. I'll take you too, dad. I, come on, I'll take your kid, then I'll get you. I mean, he said at that point, see, I had no problem with boldness. I had no problem knowing that it was going to be okay because somebody was watching. See, somebody was over my shoulder who was going to take care of the situation. And what happened in him was all this stuff rose up. Well, as a believer, you have somebody taking your back. So you have God. He's the one that's going to make the difference. And so if you understand who you are and where he's sitting and where he's got his thing, you don't have to worry about it. It says he has overcome the enemy, and he is the one who's overcome the world, and he's taken that victory, he's taken that thing, keys to death, hell, and the grave, and he's put them on the inside of you. And so when you come out here and you act, not only are you acting as his agent and as his ambassador, you have him backing you along the way. And it's a whole lot easier knowing somebody else is backing you. It's a whole lot easier to walk up and say whatever you're saying if you know somebody else has your back. Hey, man, I don't know. All I know is that guy said, man, that's just the way that it is. I'm just telling you. Spiritually, you have to realize he's got your back. He's the one that makes the difference. And if you'll be that person that allows God to be like that in your life, it'll take all this, it'll see all, the, all that stuff that just makes it really rough. 
what's going to happen? What's going to happen today? What's going to happen tomorrow? And all of a sudden, your mind, and all your mind's all twisted. And it's all, and you're worried about all these kind of things. And now, and then, I mean, you haven't had breakfast yet, and you've thrown up twice, and you're sweating. I mean, it's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, but see, but the devil, man, he makes it, he makes it be like that. He makes, it, he makes it be like that in your life if you won't be this person that just lets go and says, okay, I believe that you will be the one who makes the difference for me. Yes. That you will be the one who fights the battle. That you will be the one that heals the person that you said pray for. You'll be the one that makes... See, I don't have to get you saved. I can't get you saved. He can. I just got to give you the opportunity to get saved. See, I can't heal you. I am not a doctor. I've been to a lot of doctors. Nobody gave me a degree. He's the healer, not me. I just got to be the one who comes up and says, you know what? He is the healer. Do you believe that? Let's pray. Now, he wants to use you on the scene to do the work through, but he, he doesn't say that you're the healer. He's the healer. And as soon as we get our eyes crooked and start beginning to think that, then really bad things start happening. The second kind of person is the person that allows God to make the difference only in some areas of their life. If you look in James, it's in chapter 1, and it's verse 5, and I mean, we all like this particular, because it says, if any of you lacks wisdom in verse 5, let him ask for God, God, God to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Woo! I like wisdom. I mean, I, I, I use this all the time. This is my daily morning prayer. God, I'm stupid. I got no idea. I need your help. I cannot do what I have to do today. I'm just, I mean, that's just what I say. Now, I may not leave out the stupid part, you know, but I mean, I like God. I got no clue. I got no idea. I cannot do it. I can't do it physically. I can't do it mentally. I don't have all the answers. I need you to be on the scene for me and you to make the difference. But then I got to go out and I got to allow him to make the difference. I can't say, here you go. Here's the reins. You make the difference. I'm going to follow you today and then get out there and start trying to steer the car. Corey's all excited because Google's invented a car that drives itself. I mean, how many of us would be able to sit back and let some person, you know, some satellite drive our car? No way! I'm not going to let that happen. I'm going to be fighting this thing all the way. See, I mean, but that's spiritually, it's what happens. God wants to drive your car. <laughs> I mean, he, wa- he wants to be the one driving your car, and we're in there fighting on the steering wheel with him sometimes. You know, you can take me to the grocery, but you're not taking me to Indy. Because do you know what the traffic's like on 465? I mean, come on. I know you can get me to pay less. But I don't think you can get me to Keystone. I mean, I don't want anything bad to happen. And we wouldn't, do, we, we wouldn't say that, but, but that's what we begin to do. We begin to kind of take control in this area, and then we, we say, God, I need your help over here. But this is all, I mean, I got this all good. It's all covered. And what happens is, if you, if you go on and, and you continue to read here in this place, it, it says, but, but let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For, for let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man and unstable in all of his ways. Now, I'm not saying that's you today, but think about your life and think about yourself. How many times are you going, God, 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 I need you, I need you, I need you. Oh, but I don't know if I want you. And everything, everything is kind of like, like one brick from imploding. Like one sneeze from being disaster. You know, have you, have you been in that place? Have you lived in that life? Are you in that place in your life? I wanted to show this video because it, uh, I watched it. I watched it a couple times yesterday. And not that one. That's the, the other one. Uh, 
but, but I don't know if you know Pickers, you know, American Pickers, if you watch this show, wears me out, man, this show wears me out, because these two clods drive around the country and just make tons of cash buying junk, and uh, <laughs> there, was this, there was this thing last night, and I, and I watched it, it's a long one, it's like 10 minutes, and you can look it up on YouTube, just do YouTube, American Pickers and Mole Man, and you can watch the whole thing. But, but, but here's, here's what I want you to see, and not the, the giggle part of because it is a little bit funny. But, but it's the feeling that you get because this place is out of control. It's the feeling that when we watch this, I wasn't necessarily taken aback by the guy. I wasn't necessarily taken aback by all the stuff. I was taken aback by all the things that, man, if somebody sneezes, they're all going to die. And it's tight, and it's claustrophobic, and, and nothing is nailed together. Everything is just put together. And so, like, if one thing goes, well, I'll just watch this thing and, and see. Because this is what the life is like. If you'll just trust God here, but not here. If you'll God, you say, okay, God, but then take the reins back. This is what your life looks like. I don't know if you can see it very well. Ron and John are picking partners just like Frank and I. They're big salvagers. This way. That sounds dangerous. To Grandma's house? Yes, to Grandma's house. They punt through abandoned buildings. They pick through them. Sometimes Ron even brings home the abandoned buildings with them. Where are we at now? Behind the schoolhouse. Oh, we're behind the schoolhouse. Yeah. All right, we're behind the schoolhouse. Brought the schoolhouse home on a flatbed truck during the night. What possesses you to bring the schoolhouse home? Well, one schoolhouse is history. Okay. When we meet somebody like him, it's like picking folklore. Now, don't touch this 2 by 12 Don't okay. touch this 2 by 12 It's balancing that. And it's two tons of books in those. Oh. Two tons of books. Lord. How many of you told Pastor Pam, hey, don't go there, you don't want to go there. But then Ron led us into his underground lair. All right, this is, we're going in, Frankie. It was like we went into, like, the rabbit hole on Alice in Wonderland. It was so freaky. Now, grab this angle out. Don't bump the wild. Right. Don't knock ground down. Don't not ground down. All right. Just watch the boards in that. And watch the light bulb behind you. You know, we start walking down through these doors and through these tunnels that were, like, this big. It felt like once you got in, you couldn't back up. So I started getting just a little bit claustrophobic. And I mean, then I started feeling like, I'm going to be able to get through this? Oh, my God. Shouldn't have had that. Extra bagel this morning. This is the new addition? Yeah. And That's don't good. go down here. I see that. Thank you. I have to tell the same thing to my friends when they come to my house. Walk this way in case you don't have good balance. All right. I'm good. We weave our way throughout there, and then I see the oak refrigerator. Did you see that old icebox right there? I seen it. Yeah, you think you could get it out? I, I think it's I think it's part of the wall. I don't think we can get that out of there. I think if you were to take it out, this whole place would crunch down, so right. don't touch anything. Wow. Oh my gosh. Look at all these little cool boxes you got. I like the way you did your uh, your room. Oh, that was neat, Ron, how you did that with the yardsticks. I mean, yeah. he bought some good stuff. He got some great furniture, he got some great advertising, he was into gas and oil stuff, he had some good Hot signs. Bottles. You've got a really good eye for everything that you've bought. Mm -hmm. you've, got, you've got some good interests. Watch what I touch with everything. Is, I know. See, it's all balanced, man. Everything is strategically placed. One thing gets moved, and it's like a Jenga. Yeah. The whole thing was just fall. Now, look. See, one, if one thing is moved, if one thing is upset, it's like a Jenga. The whole thing just goes haywire. See, in your life, is it, is it like that? 
I mean, if everything goes perfect that day, it's okay and you'll make it through. But if somebody does something wrong, if something doesn't happen the way it's supposed to happen, if something doesn't get taken care of the way that you think it should get taken care of, does the whole thing go like that? See, if you watch that whole 10 minutes, man, by the end, I was like, get out of the building. And I'm in my living room. I mean, it's like this. And I, but I'm like this. Oh, my gosh, I can't take it. There's secret rooms and there, there's something, but everything is just like wedged together. Like he said, if I take that refrigerator out, the whole place is going to collapse. See, in your life, is it like that? See, in your life, is, is it like if one thing goes wrong, it's just all going to collapse? And, and a lot of people are walking around in this world today in that state. They're walking around this world today in, in that position. I mean, if that's you, then I want to pray. Because see, that, that's, not, that's, not God's, that's, not what God, that's not what God intends. See, I'm not looking at the hoarding. I'm not looking at the stuff. I'm not looking at the things. I'm looking at the fact that it's chaotic and it's like one snap from being out of control. See, there's no peace. Now, that little guy, he doesn't have a clue. He's he's 23 feet underground. He's digging it all by hand with a shovel, and he's having a blast. He's done it since he was 14 years old. If you watch the show, he's been doing it since he was 14. He loves it. But but, but when when I saw that and when that came back to me today, it was like, you know what, this is the life. People live this life. Like it's just one snap, one hair thing from being out, just completely out of control. And in fact, I mean, we're going to give you an opportunity. I mean, we're going to pray. Because I, I don't want anybody to live. I mean, I've been in those kind of places. Not like naturally, but I, and I've been that. That's been my head. That's been, my, that's been what goes on up here. To where, I mean, you've got to try to hang on with everything you're worth because, man, it, it, could, it could go south in a heartbeat. And, and, and we don't want to see that. We don't want to see that in, in your life. Don't want to see that in life. I mean, that, that, that's, that's trouble. That's chaotic. That's not this, this thing that says, I believe, I believe. But you can be the person that says, hey, hey I believe, I believe. I, I, I don't want to be here. I don't want to live here. The third kind of person, though, is that person that tries to make them way. You know, they're just going to make their way all the time. They're not even relying on God. I mean, it's, you know, it, it may be hit and miss, whatever. But man, it is, I mean, it's just, it's going to be me making my own way. And that's the other one. If you want to put the other one up, that's this one. That's the person in the convertible driving along, not realizing that there's two porta potties about to get knocked over on him in the convertible. See, they think life is a blast. See, life is a joy. That person's life is great. See, but they're about to hit a bridge and about to really find out life stinks in more ways than one. See, but if you're in either place, see, if you're in either place, that's a real issue. You can take that off. I don't want to have to see that anymore. See, Abraham, if you look in Romans in chapter 4, and we'll we'll wrap it up here and end here in just a second. But in Romans in chapter 4, you know what? It it, it talks about Abraham, and it's, it's the New Testament portion of the ending of his story. And, and if you go back, you know, in the, in the beginning, and we've talked a lot about Abraham, and Pastor Pam has, and I have, and shared over the Sundays and Wednesdays over the last month or two. And, and you know, I mean, he was a guy who was, who was saying, okay, God, I'm going I'm to be this first person. I'm going to be the person that, that says, okay, man, I trust in you. Period. I don't care what you say. I don't care where you lead me. I don't care where you guide me. I don't care, you know, I mean, hey, I am your man. You want to take me from Abram to Abraham. I understand what that means. I understand the covenant that you're making with me. I understand who's in charge. And by golly, I will follow you. I don't care if I'm old. I will have kids. I will have as descendants, and they will be as bright as the... I mean, he said, I agree. I am with you. 
no different than many of us have said to God. No different than, than, than when we come to the Lord, we say, thank you for changing my life and making me different and fixing me. I, I want to follow you. I want to, I mean, I want to be a part of what you're doing. And you begin to turn your life over to God. But then there's all these years. There's all this time in between when he said that and when it happened. And in your life, maybe you haven't even gotten to the time part yet. But you're faced with the, okay, I got to believe he's going to make a difference. See, I got to believe that he's going to be the one, see, now that makes step. He's going to be the one that takes me. He's going to be the one that opens the door. He's going to be the one now that, that, that provides the way. I have to rely on what? I got to rely on him. Because, see, Abraham was in the same place we were. God promised. I don't know what God promised you, but he promised you something. See, and that has direction to it, like we talked about. It implies direction. So you're going to follow after him. You say, I'm available. What, what did Abraham say? I'm available. I'm not able. You know how old I am. You know how old she is. I'm not able to make this happen. But because you, see, because you said so, I believe you more than what I see. I believe you more than what I do. I believe that you're going to be the one that makes the difference in my life. So whatever that thing is that he put in your heart, wherever that place that he's taking you, you've got to believe it's got direction to it, it has a purpose to it, and it's out here. And he's going to have to be the one that gets you there because Abraham couldn't get there, but he knew God could. And if you read through the whole story, Isaac was born. He did have Isaac. And so that thing did come to pass. And it was what? It's just as miraculous in that time as the thing that God's put in your heart today. See, it's just as miraculous, see, at that time as it is for you tonight in this place to get rid of those things that, you, you, you know, you've been holding saying, I, I can't. I can't. You don't know where I've been. You don't know what I've done. You, you, you know, I've made one too many, one too many mistakes. I, 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 I can't. I... See, that, that's not the truth. That may be what you see. Hello? That may be, you know, that my, that may be what you see. That may be what's going on in the natural, but that's not the truth. See, we see past those things. We don't see with these eyes. We don't hear with these ears. We don't know with this mind. See, we don't feel with this body. We sense with our spirit. We hear through our spirit. We see through our spirit, and it's all faith, faith, faith. And Abraham held on to it, took it, and saw it. But he knew who was the guy to do it. And if you go back and look in Romans chapter 4, it says in, in verse 19, And not being weak in faith. See, he was already strengthened. Abraham was already strengthened. He did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old in the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but he was strengthened in faith. See, every morning when I get up, what do I say? Man, God, I need you. You've got you to give me strength today. You've you got to get me through today. You've got to be the person who gives me the answers. You have to be the person that shows. You've got to show me what, man, I, I don't have a clue. And you know what? I love that. That's exciting. I mean, I didn't, you know, I didn't know what I was preaching today. But I almost didn't come because I was being preached to. I was like, heck, I don't want to go anywhere. I'm doing, I'm, I'm having a good time. Yeah, God, that's good. Oh, I do need that. Yes. See, if you'll ask and you will allow him to be that in your life, he'll begin to do that. It says right there at the end, it said, not being, and being fully convinced that, that what God had promised him, God was what? Able to perform. See, and, and, but he was, what did he say? Oh, God, it's you. See, I know that you are able to perform. I believe not in just some word. I believe not in the fact that it's true. I believe that you are the one who will make it happen. 
And then it says it was accounted unto him for righteousness. And he had it. He had to live it. He had to walk it out. Every day he had to be faced, I'm sure, with the enemy telling him, it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. You're getting older and older every day. But he said, you know what? God is the one. See, God is the one who makes that happen in your life. God is the one who takes you from that place that we saw, you know, on the video where your life is all chaotic and things are just one sneeze from being trouble. You know, one bad decision or one bad day or one bad thing from being over. And God's the one who takes that and then he fixes it. But he's the one, see, that makes the difference. Why don't you stand up now? We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life, or if you've drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.